Aloha! What's up, Penn Nation? You're now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch, and we're back with two awesome guests for episode 108. We're going to kick things off with good friend of the show, hated by many, loved by some, the great American winning machine, Colby Covington. You guys are going to hear some very interesting perspective on all the drama that's unfolding at welterweight from Colby in what I truly believe is one of his most candid interviews to date. And then to wrap things up, we'll be joined by newly crowned women's flyweight champion, the bullet herself, Valentina Shevchenko. So let's waste no time. We'll jump right into it. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. First up for episode 108, Colby Covington. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, without question, one of our favorite guests of all time, the polarizing figure that so many of you love to hate, the great American winning machine himself, Colby Chaos Covington. What's going on, champ? How was the nerd bashing uh, this holiday season? Oh, what's what's up, Jason? Uh, the nerd bashing's going good, man. It's almost nerd bash 2019, and uh, the people's champ and America's champ is uh, ready to defend his throne, and uh, I'm excited to be back to make BJ Penn Nation great again. <laughs> well, we certainly enjoy you every time you're on the show, man, and, and you definitely make it great. Uh, but speaking of the holidays, what are your plans? Are you the type of the guy that enjoys Christmas, or you more, are you more of like a Grinch, as they say? I'm uh, more of a Grinch, man. Like, I don't really get into the, the commer- commercialization of the holidays. You know, let, let's be honest. The troops are out defending our nation. You know, freedom doesn't have holidays. So, you know, the sacrifices that are military the men and women of the service are making right now you know just i can't sit on my butt and just enjoy the holidays i'm out here i'm training i'm working hard i'm improving for the future because you know i know that's what the troops are doing and and i take a lot of inspiration from them and i don't want anything easy i want to work hard right through it yeah you but you know let me tell you one thing i do like i I like the naughty list (laughs) You, you like to keep your dimes on that naughty list or yourself on that list I'm checking it twice, bro. <laughs> now, uh, I, I agree with you, though. The commercialization of all of it, 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 it definitely takes away from the true meaning. But as far as the season of gift-giving goes, I'd imagine that the best possible Christmas present for Colby Chaos would be a contract with Tyron Woodley's name on it. Is that accurate? Yeah, man. I, I've given Woodley gifts. He just don't want to open them up yet. Really? Are, are, you, are, you, are you just busting balls here, or did you really send him a gift? Yeah, I sent him uh, Woodley's gift for, you know, the pay-per-view. I gave him a blockbuster pay-per-view main event, so that's his gift. That's his uh, big money fight that he's been asking for the last couple of years. I built it up myself. He didn't build it. The UFC didn't build it. I built this. So, you know, if there's one thing that me and Woodley agree on, which it, that's hard to find because me and Woodley don't agree on it anything we'd rather kill each other this is a white versus black battle this is a red versus blue battle but i did give him a gift and we do agree agree on one thing that we want to fight each other next now there's been a lot of drama unfolding with this welterweight title picture the haters are coming out in full force against you there's a few guys trying to steal your spot right now last time we spoke you had said that you were hoping for march what's the latest on your end You know, the thing is, they all want to steal a spot. You know, they all want a shot at King Colby. But, you know, the thing is, is I even got Woodley on his knees 
praying and begging for a fight with me. So, you know, the people want this fight. I want this fight. Woodley wants this fight. It really doesn't matter who else wants this fight. You know, the UFC needs to make this fight. It's what's best for business. If you go look at the numbers, the analytics, I mean, it's not even close. I'm the biggest draw in the division. You know, I'm getting almost a million views on all my videos on Instagram. Everybody wants to see this fight. Everybody wants to watch me fight. You notice all these guys, they're calling for me, Jason. They're not calling for Woodley. They're, they want to fight me, and, and they know that. They know that I'm the money fight. I'm the draw. I'm the biggest fight in the division. So, you know, there is no drama other than, you know, promises made, promises kept. Jason, have, have I ever made a promise on the show and not followed through with it? No, you sure haven't, man. Dude, everything I said from the beginning, I'm going to go leave Damian Maia in a pool of blood in his, in his hometown. I'm going to go beat Dung Hum Kim in Singapore, do a favor for the UFC, beat him up in Asia, run the king of Asia, go beat up Ralphie Dos Nachos at the United Center, take my 10 pounds of gold back to Miami on my private jet. I've done it all. I said I was going to go see Mr. President Donald Trump. I did it. I'm, I'm the Neil Armstrong of MMA. I'm the first fighter to ever go to the White House and hang out with a sitting president. So... I've done everything that I've said I was going to do. Now it's time for the UFC to, to fulfill their promises. They, they're, you know, you, in this world, you know, you're, you got your word and you got your balls. And you don't break that for nobody. Damn straight. Scarface quote. That's right. America, <laughs> Miami's biggest gangster. Right. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure Gamebred's appreciative of that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But listen, man, a, a few days after we spoke last month, Dan Lambert came out publicly and said that uh, UFC 233 on January 26th, that was the date. Then it was just announced this week that that card has been canceled entirely. Does that abrupt cancellation, does that have anything to do with you and Tyron? Was January 26th the date that the UFC offered you? Yeah, that, that's what I was told. They offered me January 26th. I accepted January 26th with Tyrone Woodley, no one else. So, you know... But it also, you know, just like November, I was offered uh, Tyrone Woodley in November, MSG. I accepted. Uh, he couldn't fight there, you know. All of a sudden, he had a thumb injury, you know. So we waited out. Then they said, okay, January 26th, pay-per-view in Anaheim versus Woodley. I said, yes, let's unify the belts. It's time. This is the blockbuster main event that I built up through the years. Let's go do it. And, and you know, that's, that's all I've heard. I haven't heard anything else from, you know, just being promised Anaheim. And, and now that's where we're at. Wow, man. So, I mean, as far as you know, all the information that you have at this point, you accepted and that's all you know. You don't know whether Woodley turned it down or, I mean, for, for the UFC to cancel the card entirely, that's that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. But, you know, the thing is, is I can't fight every month, Jason. You know, they can't expect me to fill up every fucking card to go fight out there on free TV and then go fight on a pay-per-view. You know, the, you know we're putting our livelihood on the line, so... As far as I know, you know, I know for a fact, you know, Tyrone Woodley is, has accepted a fight with me. He just didn't want to do it January 26th. You know, he said, hey, yeah, I, I want to fight Colby. That's the fight I want. I don't want anybody else. That's my biggest fight. That's a that's a beef that needs to be settled. That's that's not manufactured beef. That's real beef, Jason. Like, we want to kill each other. I don't I don't care if I'm fighting Tyrone Woodley in the octagon. I'll find him in a CBS. I'll go to St. Louis and find that little bitch. We're going to fight next. Now, just yesterday, speaking of guys, you know, trying to steal your thunder at this point and, and, and stirring the pot, Kamara Usman posted a photo just yesterday of about agreement, about agreement to fight Tyron Woodley. However, Woodley himself has said, just like you were saying, that you are his next opponent. He said this in a recent interview, and even his management said that Woodley would fight you first. Do you think Kamara is really just stirring the pot right now, or, or do you believe that there's any likelihood that the UFC would snub you uh, for this long-awaited fight with Tyron. Who is that? 
I never even heard of that guy, Jason. Was that the same guy that was fighting in a ballroom a couple weekends ago and, and no one was paying attention to it? I think it was. I think, what did he, what did he sell, 100, 100 tickets? They had to give away free tickets to the Pearl? I mean, come on, what is this, amateur hour? I mean, I just sold out the United Center and made made uh, made you know the United Center in Chicago great again. You know, I... You know, I feel bad for Ralphie Dos Nachos. That's that's what I really feel because he was a hero when he walked out to sixteen thousand screaming fans and all the fans that tuned in, the casual fans that tuned in to watch the pay per view to watch him fight me and and he they presented him as a hero and he was this you know they were building him up as the next coming of God and and then I took all of his thunder and then they want to make excuses so. You know, I don't. I don't know who that guy is that you're talking about, but I don't know that that Woodley wants to fight me, and we want to fight, and I want to fight him. So it's the only thing we're ever going to agree on in our life, Jason. Right, right, right. No, I completely understand where you're coming from, but you know, like the the tinfoil hat conspiracy community seems to think that this is all related. But you've made it clear that that UFC 233 was still on the table on your end before the UFC announced the card was canceled. Is there a conspiracy brewing, man, or is Ty- Tyron just playing hardball again? In your opinion. I don't know. I'm just keeping my end of the deal, Jason. You know, I, I agreed to fight at uh, UFC 233 in Anaheim. You know, I, I was locked in. And, and as far as I know that, you know, Woodley was, he's very adamant. He only wants to fight me and he wanted to fight me, but he didn't want to fight it that day. Supposedly, he wants to push you back a little bit. So, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know what conspiracy. I don't know. There might be a lot of corrupt stuff going on right now, but, you know, I don't really care. You know, they're going to they're going to they're going to fulfill the promises they made to me. They, they gave me their word, and in this life, you're only as good as your word. Right, right. So, uh, from your perspective, the, the UFC has to follow through with this, without question. Without question, you know, they, they gave me a belt. I got a world championship belt. I, you know, I didn't lose that belt, you know. I've never lost a fight. I'm undefeated, so, you know, they... We need to unify these belts. Obviously, you know, that's what's next. I don't care if they want to say – they could say that they're, they're trying to strip me, but, you know, it's unethical because, you know, they were, they were trying to get me to fight on a, on a five-week turnaround when I just got back from the White House, and I had, scheduled, I had surgery scheduled with their doctors, Jason, their doctors. I wanted to go to my doctor to get the surgery. No, I went to their doctors. Their doctors, Jason, told me I wasn't cleared to fight in Dallas. Their doctors said I needed time off. Their doctor said he wouldn't be ready to fight till November. That's why I accepted MSG. So it was all their doctors that said I couldn't fight in Dallas. So you know, if there's any, uh, if there's any, you know, just miscommunication on the end that they wanted me to fight in Dallas, and maybe they're pissed off. What do you want me to do? I went to your doctors. Your doctors told me I couldn't fight. I was ready to go in, in Madison Square Garden versus Woodley or Nick Diaz, and then I was ready to go in Anaheim, California. So you know what? It's just it's unjust. Right. Right, and I know we've talked about it before that all that uh, everybody's everybody's saying that that you would be stripped of that title that that day never came. So you are still the interim champ, as you say, the undisputed champ or disputed champ, as I've heard you say recently. Uh, but I know we talked about this many times about you waiting for Tyron and 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 that you're only willing to take big fights that you believe that you've earned, and I agree that you've earned those fights. But given the situation, where does this leave you? What, what are you and Dan Lambert thinking about at this point? Is there a backup plan, or do you just continue to wait? You know, where's where's Max Holloway, man? Where's Rose Namajunas? They, you know, they sat out over a year. You know, they're getting favoritism on their end. You know, like, they're nowhere to be seen. But, you know, I, I don't agree with Tyron and what he's done, you know, but he just fought in September, you know, trying to get him to 
force him to fight real quick. You know, this is the first time I'll ever say, you know, maybe, okay, let, get a little time off, but he wants to fight with me. I want to fight with him. Make it for March 2nd. Why all of a sudden am I going to get passed up for some kid that's beating my sloppy seconds and he's beating guys that I already took their souls to fight before? So it doesn't make any sense. You know, the guy that they're trying to give a title shot to now hasn't even beat a ranked guy coming off a win, Jason. Both the guys he beat that were ranked were coming off losses and bad losses to me. So... You know, it's just it's just sad. That's all I can say. It's just sad. So it, it it's it's almost like kind of by the tone and, and the way the way you're talking about this. Do you almost feel like the UFC is has got something against you right now? Do you think that that they are upset with you for some reason? You know, I'm the biggest star. You know, they just want to use me all the time, Jason. I, I don't blame them, but you know that you can't cut off face to save spite. You know, it's just. It, you know, it's, it's not fair. You know, they're trying to – I think they're just trying to flex their power and they're trying to make a power move. But at the end of the day, man, look at the numbers, man. I'm the biggest fight. It's the fight that everybody wants. No one cares. Put that guy next in life. He's, he's a junior. He's on the JV team anyways. He's not he's not ready for this level. So, you know, let me and Woodley go at it and put that kid next. No no one cares about that kid. Go look on the numbers, man. Go look, go look on Twitter. Go look on Instagram. Look at the views, man. Look at all the analytics. Ask the people, man. Ask the – from your opinion – Jason, who do you want to see next? Who do you want to see fight for the welterweight title then? <laughs> Come on, guy. You know my answer. Obviously, you and Tyron. I mean, it's the no-brainer. Like we've talked about before, all the promotion's already done. Exactly. And I think, honestly, Jason, you could ask every journalist that even hates me, all, all my haters, all the neck-breathing haters. That you got a lot of them. Not- you got a yeah, lot of them. <laughs> I got a lot of them. But I can guarantee that they'll all agree on one thing. They want to see me fight Woodley next. Right. No, no, you're you're 100% correct, man. I mean, so if you if you signed a bout agreement to fight him at UFC 233, that means that on your end, negotiation-wise, contract, pay, everything is all straight on your end. You have accepted. There is no there is no debate for you know in that area, right? Yeah, absolutely. I accepted the fight you know a year and a half ago. I accepted it last December when I was trying to save their show. I accepted it for the Ultimate Fighter in the end of the early this year before I got the fight. Uh, Ralphie Dos Santos for the interim belt. I, I accepted the fight in Madison Square Garden. In the, the last place I've accepted that I thought we were going to fight, I thought for sure I was going to get to go to Anaheim and ruin Tyron Woodley's career in front of all these little Hollywood liberal fake soy boy friends. And, and then we were going to move on. Big business. I'm the biggest draw in the division. No one cares about Woodley. You remember how all the fans hated Woodley? No one wanted to talk about him. Now they love him because they want him to beat me. So I've made I've made him relevant. And, and it's all because of me, Jason. Like, I built this shit. Like, everybody wants to see me. Whether you want to see me win or lose, it's all the same thing. You're going to be tuning in. You're not going to change the channel to Real High Swice of, of OC. Yeah, you know what, man? I, I've even mentioned th- uh, this to you before. Uh, you really are Tyron's Chael Sonnen to, to Anderson Silva. You really are that guy. I mean, you are the heel that he's needed to, to really put him back in the good graces with the fans. So... Um, I mean, it, it, it's frustrating and upsetting to hear, man, that the UFC is playing games at this point. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad, man. You know, look at Batman. He needed the Joker. Joker. Uh, Superman needed Lex Luthor. So, you know, that that's what I am. I, I'm the Joker, and, and I'm here to come make UFC and MMA great again. Now, Nick Diaz is, is hopefully fighting game bread. You, you told me last time we spoke that, you know, going after Khabib at lightweight is out of the question. What name could the UFC offer you right now, other than Tyron, that you'd be willing to take, if any at all? Uh, you know, 
I got unfinished business with Woodley. I don't, I don't want to fight anybody else, Jason. Like this has been brewing for so long since right. the first day I since the first day I trained with him, Jason. Probably five years ago at American Top Team when I was beating his ass, and he was like, "Oh, who's this kid? You know, he's this two and professional fighter, all American wrestler. Why is he taking Why is he taking me down and just taking my will? Why Why can I not beat him? Why can I not go to, go to the deep waters? And he's just exhausting me, and I can't fight normally like how I normally fight. And this is when he was preparing for his biggest fight, you know, with Roy McDonald. So, you know, we've had unfinished business since the days of the gym. You know, there's a reason he doesn't come back to American Top Team anymore. I just, I smoked him so many times. He doesn't want to come back and get melted anymore here. So he's moved his camp over at Poop Doofus. And, 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 that, and that's, you know, and, and that's where we're at now. Now we need to settle the score. This, 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 this fight's been brewing for so long, you know, and, and I built it all by myself. And I think the UFC is just mad. They're mad they didn't build the fight. So that's why they're trying to screw me over. Yeah, oh man, it's unfortunate, and I truly hope that, that that something changes here. But but real quick, I mentioned Nick Diaz hopefully fighting Game Brad. Do you think that uh, Game Brad and Diaz? Do you think that fight actually happens? You know, everybody got so excited when it was announced, and kind of like what's going on with you and Tyron, negotiations seem to have stalled out. Nick, Nick Diaz sure as hell don't want to fight me. He got offered me in November MSG, but he's a little bitch. Right, so. So hopefully he fights Gamebred. I mean, do you think do you think he flakes on that one too, or does Gamebred get this fight? Nah, he, he's gonna flake on that one too, man. He's just he's trying to keep his name in the headlines, get 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 some media, you know, get a couple extra uh, Instagram followers. He ain't here to fight, man. He's done, man. He's washed up. He can't even fight anymore. When's the last time he got a win? Like last generation, you know, like last decade. No one gives a fuck about him anymore. Like. You know, he's just he's in the he's out partying in Vegas. You know, doing lines of coke, beating up chicks because he ain't beating up no guys. That's all he can do is beat up chicks. So we got the little Stockton little pussies. They ain't doing shit no more. Now listen, in regards to Tyron, getting back to this, you maintained for a long time that he didn't want to fight you. Now we're at a point where he does want to fight you. But honestly, man, how stressful has this whole process been for you? You know, does it bother you? At, at all, do you or do you truly believe that, that it's this difficult to make this fight happen? It can't be, right? No, it, it doesn't bother me. You know, it's it's dirt off my shoulders, man. I, I don't really pay attention to it. It's going to happen, man. I'm telling you. I don't care if we do it in the octagon or we do it in the CVS. I'm going to find him, and Destiny is going to meet him. You know, my fate is to end his career. That's always been my fate since the beginning. You know, since the first day I trained with him, I knew that we were going to clash. We were on a collision course, and he knew it too. You know, we, we had some good goes at American Top Team. You know, we had crazy Shark Tank groups, me, him, Robbie Lawler, Hector Lombard, you know, Thiago Alves, and they all knew who the alpha was. So, you know, we're on a collision course, and, and I'm not going to lose my patience or lose, you know, lose myself, you know, or just – you know, I'm not going to get overwhelmed by this, Jason, because you, you can't control what the UFC wants to do. I mean, if, if they want to fuck this up and they want to ruin and they don't know numbers and, and they don't know how to do business, then, then that that's on their end. That's not on my end. But I'm going to stay patient. You know, I'm going to keep getting better every day. I train hard. I love the lifestyle and I, and I trust the process. So everything will get worked out. Now, we've talked about the promotion and how it's already pretty much been done. And you had mentioned that, uh, you know, you have all these tricks up your sleeve and, and, and things for us to all look forward to once this fight finally gets made and the promotion process actually begins. Uh, but, I mean, where we're at right now with the possibility of, maybe not the possibility of it not happening, but the way the UFC's acting, I mean, you're kind of sitting on all this great promotional stuff. They're crazy to not to not be jumping at this, man. Yeah, they are crazy, but you know, it, it, you know they. I live for this shit. 
I live for big cities and bright lights, Jason. So, you know, it's going to get worked out. They're going to they're gonna either see the light or, or they're going to drop the ball. You know, it's, it's one or the other. But, yeah. you know, I built this I built this up for them. And I think they're just a little bit jealous. They want to control the fighters and they want to have more power. And, and they realize they have no power over me. They can't control me. You know, I do whatever I want. Nobody controls me, Jason. Let me tell you that right now. I'm a boss. No one tells me what to do. I do what I want when I want to do it. So, so if, you know, if they want to do business and they want to do the biggest numbers they're ever going to do in the welterweight fight, then they're going to have to call my phone and they're going to have to open up. They're going to have to write a big check for me. Otherwise, you know, they're going to lose out on good business. This is chaos, the year of chaos. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Obviously, uh, the way you're approaching this, a lot of that stems from being under the guidance of a guy like Dan Lambert, right? I mean, all of that. The, the the how to approach this fight game and, and truly promote yourself a lot of that comes from him right oh man so much comes from dan i can't give enough thanks to him and you know another guy john hartnett at american top team you know just those guys have helped me promote and market and just you know a lot a lot of different things you know dan lambert he brings in a different aspect that people don't know he has a big uh love for pro wrestling you know and right. we were able to go do the impact wrestling and and learn how to promote market over there and just you know, just the guidance that Dan Lambert's given me from the beginning. You know, I've been here at American Top Team eight years, and just from the beginning, man, he just he laid out this plan, and and this is the plan, and there's all timing, and now the timing's right, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm the best fighter in the world. My skills are so well grounded that nobody can stop me. You know, it's just, it, it just the timing worked out perfect, and and this was all a process. You know, everything that we've done at American Top Team and Dan Lambert's instilled into me. You know, we've we've worked on it, we've we practiced it, and I, I put a lot of time in, man. People don't people want to hate me. All all these neck breathers, they want to hate me, but they don't realize the hard work that I put in day in and day out, and, and they, they don't make they don't realize the sacrifices I make and just all the dedication I have. So you know, it's only a matter of time until we come back and shock the MMA world, and uh, me and Dan Lambert on top, just like always. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, <clears throat> for, for all those people, and, and like I said, you, you do catch a lot of hate, and a lot of it's unwarranted. I still don't understand why people can't grasp what you're trying to do and what you've been doing all this time. Uh, but, you know, like you said there, obviously there's a lot of hard work that goes into to, to the, the competition side of this sport. But being able to promote, man, that, that's not an easy task. So I've always commended you for that. But um, listen, c- completely off topic before we wrap this up. I don't want to spend too much time on the subject because you've trashed the guy plenty on the show before, and I don't want to be too redundant. But, dude, that tweet you put out about cutting John Jones's cocaine with Rogaine was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's true, man. You see that receding hairline, man? That shit's moving back faster than fucking speed car racers. So, you know, that shit looks bad, man. He needs to go to his fucking coke dealer and make sure they start cutting that coke with some Rogaine. Oh, God. I, oh, I chuckled out loud at that. That was a good one. All right, listen, Colby, honestly, brother, does all this drama, all this bullshit with the UFC not getting this fight that you've earned, does it take away from your desire to compete in MMA? I almost feel like the WWE looks more and more appealing as the days go by. Is that true? Yeah, that's very true. You know, it's just, I, you know, having Bobby Lashley on the ins and outs of the WWE and having Paul Heyman as a friend and knowing Brock Lesnar and those guys, Ronda Rousey, getting to talk with her, you know, just how much Ronda Rousey loves WWE and just there's no pressure and she's treated fairly and she's just like she gave me such good words of wisdom last time I talked to her and you know hopefully I can go over there be a tag team partner with her you know I see that uh Becky Lynch over there asking for Conor McGregor's uh tag team uh partner so maybe me and Ronda could uh go beat up on uh Becky Lynch and Conor McGregor that'd be the biggest thing in sports and entertainment history man 
Yeah, for sure. Name, name a better tag team, man. You're not you're not gonna name a better tag team than me and Ronda. We're destroyed. Me me and Trump, you know, it's just we got dragon energy. We're unstoppable, man. <laughs> oh, that'd be the day. But Trump comes out of presidency, gets back into WWE. You're there. Oh man. What what a fairy tale ending to all of that. But listen, in conclusion, bro, for all the fans out there that are supporting you, patiently waiting alongside you for this announcement to finally come, all the haters out there that, that wish to see your demise. What would you say to everybody that, that that's just holding out hope that this fight finally gets made? All I can say to all my lovers and all my haters, just be patient. Be patient with me. Good things take time, and, and you got to wait. So you just you just wait, and I'll be back, and I'm going to shock the whole entire MMA community and make all of MMA great again, not just the UFC. I'm going to blow the roof off this top, man. You just wait what's coming, Jason. I have no doubt, brother. Listen, Colby, always appreciate the time. Always a pleasure speaking with you. I look forward to the next time as well. The floor is yours before we let you go, man. P- please feel free to plug anything, uh, any shout-outs, uh, maybe that the, the the videos you're doing for for the uh, the Great American Fight Picks or, or whatever it's called there. The floor is yours, man. Yep, get ready for another America's Pick of the Week. We got one coming up uh, soon with the John Jones fight. And, uh, you know, just want to obviously – give my thanks to our great president who just does all this winning for america he, he's making america great again and, and all he's doing is winning you know just like me you know we're we're not addicted to drugs we're addicted to winning that's that's our drug of choice and and just big thanks to donald trump he's doing great things in office and and obviously big thanks you know all my platform is is for the troops you know i can't thank them enough you know freedom and and war war doesn't have holidays there's no holiday break so when we're on christmas we're out you know, drinking, eating, doing all these things, you know, just think about all the people in Afghanistan, Iraq, defending our freedoms, you know, they, the war, they, they don't get time to take a holiday break. So big respects and uh, to the men and women of the service and much love. For sure. For sure. I sincerely hope that some progress gets made with this next fight very soon, man. I know we'll catch up after the new year, but until then, bro, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Happy new year, brother. Much love from everybody on the team. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> All right, Kofi. Thank you, bro. Later, brother. Later. Now, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I do truly believe that that is one of the most honest and candid conversations Colby has ever had in any interview. So we are very pleased to bring that to you. Always a pleasure to speak with Colby. I say it all the time. A lot of media, a lot of fans do not understand what he is trying to accomplish in this sport, but the results speak for themselves. I'm quite interested to hear the reaction from the MMA community following this interview, and I truly do sincerely hope that the UFC is wise enough to make this fight against Woodley, for UFC 233 to be canceled, and for Colby to have been offered the fight for Anaheim, something's going on here. Love him or hate him, you guys want to see the fight. You know you do. But let's keep it moving, like we always do. Wrapping up this episode, UFC Women's Flyweight Champion, The Bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the UFC's newly crowned women's flyweight champion, the bullet herself, Valentina Shevchenko. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to speak with us today, Valentina. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Hello, Jason. Feeling great, feeling good, having just a little bit rest after the fight. Came back home, and now it's like thinking what we are going to do next. <laughs> well, congratulations on capturing uh, the UFC's flyweight title. You've been on a mission to become a champion in the UFC for quite some time. Are you relieved that this day has finally come? 
Of course, yes, because it was my goal. It was uh, everything what I was thinking about. And of course, I knew it, it will come, the day will come. And it, it was uh, for me very clear, doesn't matter what's happening right now, I will have this day, someday, and now we can see. I had this day. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. I know you, you never had any doubt that the day would come, but you know, c- considering everything you went to went through to get here, it must feel really good to finally have accomplished that goal, right? Of course, yes. Of course, yes. It's like, you know, finally. Um, it's like uh, when I had this uh, problem in September when I couldn't fight. And um, in September, I already, like, was thinking, okay, we will have this, we will have that. Maybe, like, um, we go to somewhere. And, you know, when the fight was canceled and I was thinking... Okay, <laughs> then by again, so I have to wait a little bit, a little bit more. And now, when I finally like get the belt and everything went like we was planned, uh, everything went very good. Like my and uh, my sister Antonina, she won, I won, and now finally I can like breathe a little bit right. and enjoy my just enjoy uh, my time to have good celebration of Christmas and New Year, and then, of course, with much more power and much more energy, go to 2019 and do uh, whatever I want to do. Right, absolutely. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, taking some time to celebrate. What, what have you done or what do you plan to do to celebrate winning this title? <laughs> you know, till this moment, we did nothing <laughs> of <laughs> celebration. We just, um, you know, um, when after right after the fight we went to Niagara Falls. It was number one, and you know it was like very beautiful, uh, but very cold. It yeah. was amazing, <laughs> but very very cold. And I really enjoyed the day because it's like very fresh everything. It's like uh, everything happening just recently. And now we came back, and I just I uh, was feeling that I'm so tired that I want to go anyway. I want just. To stay at my house and just like uh, be here and enjoy my like doing nothing time. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like you are going to take some time off to to celebrate the holidays and the new year. You haven't gotten back to training yet. Not yet, not yet. But I think by the end of the week, I will do something very light just to uh, just to move a little bit. But I can say for sure we already starting to plan any travel that we will do uh, because I, I don't see me staying at the house for like a long time. No, no way. One day for me, it's enough. And then, of course, we are thinking about the new destination where we are thinking to go (laughs) yeah i know every time we speak you're always traveling going somewhere new i saw in the embedded or the or the countdown rather you spent uh you spent some time in maine you seem to like the northeast you like the cold uh the reason actually no i like very warm countries i love sunny countries sunny cities and everything what is warm but actually, we came to uh, Maine because of my fight in Toronto. I knew that it will be very cold, and the climate is very similar to Toronto, and that's why we decided that uh, we, we will have to go to Maine exactly in uh, winter time. Winter time, so right. we went there and prepared there. But you know, for me, the most beautiful time to be in Maine is summertime because it's so beautiful and it's like amazing nature over there 
Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm from New England myself. Been to Maine many times. It is a it is definitely a beautiful state. But uh, as I mentioned before, you know it's no secret that you had plenty of setbacks and, and ups and downs on this road to this flyweight title. Canceled fight, changes changes of opponent, being moved to different events. Most people believed that it was just a matter of time before you became the 125 pound champ. But how stressful or disappointing was it for you during this process with all these ups and downs? Uh, you know, of course, it was. I was feeling that um, something is like delayed, and it's uh, something when you are was ready to um, accomplish, and it still didn't happen, and you have to wait a little more. It's affecting. It's affecting just a little bit. But um, I have very strong team with me. I have uh, the best coach that uh, not just like giving giving me the technique, but giving me advice what I have, how I have to react. I have my sister uh, with me. I have my mom who I speak with by like phone almost every day. And um, this is amazing because I feel so much support from their side. And doesn't matter what's happening, they are uh, every time trying to um, keep my head uh, head up. And every time, like for um, not just not to be upset or like going into depression or something like that. No, we just um, did our like uh, we just lived and trying to enjoy our life and uh, doing um, something like not happening right now. We was. Um, just preparing for this moment and I knew this moment will come and uh, I knew that I had to be ready for this moment because I, if I will um, like follow up um, uh, if I became too much sentimental and thinking about what like about feelings how I feel nothing good can uh, can be from this situation situation nothing good can happen after you became like so much emotional no and i knew i have to uh, have to control everything that is going inside me because my good moment is still uh in front of me right absolutely you can only focus on the things that you can control and and regardless of the ups and downs you have to have to stay prepared and continue to get ready for like you said uh your greatest performance is still yet to come but considering everything that happened leading up to the title, when it was announced that you'd be fighting Ioana for the belt, you must have been really confident that she would actually show up for the fight, correct? It's true. It's true. I didn't have any doubt that it fight uh, won't be like uh, the reason it's not happening because of weight issue or some health issue or whatever. And I knew that it will happen. And uh, I was like, really, I'm right now. I'm very happy that this fight happened uh, against Joanna because it was a really good fight and we did both of us, we did like everything that we had and uh, we just show the high level of uh, like of fight, of technique, of spirit, of everything. And um, I watched back the fight and I saw everything like from first to five, fifth round and I can say exactly me and Joanna we show not just a fight, not just a regular fight. We show the art of the fight. Absolutely, absolutely. As you said, very high-level stuff, very technical, and, and we really got to see the beauty of the highest level of mixed martial arts uh, uh, playing out live in front of you. But, you know, speaking of how the fight played out, are you happy with your performance? And did you, you want to do anything out there that surprised you at all? 
there is every time that you can do better. There is every every time. In, if you see like, okay, so perfect and I want to improve nothing, I think it's not very good for the active fighter. Right. If you can find anything that you can do better, it's okay. You have to, uh, something uh, on what you can work in your trainings in the future. So I think it's, uh, uh, it's normal and it's um, the same how it has to be. But yes, of course, I'm happy with my performance. But of course, I've, uh, I will find some details in what I will have to work and I will uh, perform me better in my next fight. Yeah, I know you are quite the perfectionist, so I have no doubt that you found plenty of things that uh, you thought you maybe could have done better in there. But again, it was a great performance. Uh, when the decision was being announced, Joanna seemed to believe that she may have won. Did you feel that the flight was close at all? No, no, no. It was not uh, like not even close. And I, you know, sometimes, yes, you can feel that, oh, maybe yes, maybe no. But in this point, I think it was just like for um, um, for the fans or for the public and something like this, because it was very clear for everyone, the result. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Now, given the history that you have with Joanna from the amateur kickboxing days, Tell us about your confidence going into this fight. You know, you already had the mental edge going into this one, right? Or, or do you think she maybe had a chip on her shoulder to get revenge from those losses? It was not kickboxing. It was Muay Thai fights because we have the totally different rules under kickboxing and Muay Thai. True. And we fought three times in Muay Thai. So, uh, uh, you know, knowing Joanna as a fighter, she is never giving up in advance. Never. She is very like strong fighter mentally, physically, and uh, of course she she wanted, and uh, she was expecting because uh, it's uh, been like uh, how many, almost ten years from our uh, last fight. We fought last time in two thousand eight, and now it's two thousand eighteen. So um, of course I know that she um, she wanted revenge and she wanted to win the fight. And she was doing on her training and everything, um, believing that she can do it. Because if you are not believing in your victory, what for you are going to the octagon? That's why I know, right. of course, she was uh, m motivated very hard for this fight. And she wanted to show everyone that she can do it, uh, like, on next time. Now, to add to that confidence, uh, you worked with Rosanami Yunez a bit getting ready for Joanna, correct? Um, actually, no. I work uh, with Rose when I fought with, against Juliana Pena. It was uh, 2017, beginning of 2017, and we came to uh, Colorado because uh, the same reason, because I prefer to come earlier, and even when we are fighting in altitude, I have to um, have acclimatization, I have to adjust my body and everything for the climate where I will have to fight and we came early like in advance one month before my fight against Juliana Pena to Colorado and there we was training uh with Rose okay so so the clip that they showed in the in the countdown episode of you with Rose that was an old clip from when you trained with her in Colorado back in 2013 yes it was okay. back that time. okay all right it, it had me under the impression that maybe she worked with you leading up to this fight but um there was a lot For of talk go ahead 
for for this fight, uh, I was uh, starting my preparation in Houston, Texas, in Bushiban Academy. It's because we I supposed to fight in Dallas, and that's why uh, we came back to Houston because we was training over there. Right. And we start my preparation in Houston, Texas, in Bushiban Academy. Then we went back to Las Vegas, uh, train here for uh, like a few. Uh, some kind of weeks in UCPI. Then we traveled to Maine. Then we went back to Las Vegas, and it was uh, all my training camp. It it was all about the traveling and moving to different sites. It uh, of course it's also because uh, because of my uh, because my sister's fight and the Nina fight. That's why we went back to Las Vegas. Of course, of course. Um, now there was a lot of talk about Ioana. Uh, that she would be much stronger and look much better fighting at 125 pounds, not depleting herself to compete at straw weight. What were you expecting from her going into this? And do you believe that 125 pounds is a better weight for her to compete at? Oh, you know, it's um, so difficult for me to say because it's very personal decision which what Joanna have to take. Right. It's uh, everything about what she's thinking, what her team thinking, what uh, what she considering it's uh, going to be better for her. And uh, I heard that in her interview, she said that she will uh, move down to 115. And so I don't know. I don't know. We will see what he, uh, what she decides after a little bit rest because we are, everyone has to have a little bit rest after any fight. <laughs> right. And But a, a, anyway, anyway, doesn't matter what she decides, what she will uh, will decide i wish you only the best of luck for sure for sure you're always a class act uh i expect nothing less but uh you know speaking of the weight i know that 125 has always been your home the 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 weight that you felt you would be uh be able to perform the best at leading up to this fight i'm sure that was the case so that the weight cut everything it all went smoothly for you it's everything so good for me in 125 i cannot say how happy i am with this weight class because I was waiting for so long and like I said every time before I didn't have any choice it was just 135 and 115 right. and uh, to like um, not eating at all for two months and be like thinking just about cut weight cut weight I, I don't want to spend this kind of training never that's why I was thinking that better I will not cut anything I will fight with bigger opponents and something like this, but I will I will fight confident in 135. That's why I was fighting in 135. But when 125 came up, it changed everything. And I'm very happy because uh, I really don't have to cut uh, too much uh, because my work weight is 135. With the training, it's go down easily to 130. And just like fight week, five pounds it's, uh, in fight week, um, I have to cut just uh, like five pounds. It's totally nothing. That's why I never feel this pressure and uh, uh, about weight cutting. And it it cannot affect me. It don't affect me like any anyhow. The this uh, weight weight cut the last week. Right, five pounds. That that's not much at all for for somebody like yourself. Uh, again, consummate professional. But of course, as we've mentioned here, the past week or so has not only been a big moment for yourself. But uh, your lifelong training partner and sister, she made her UFC debut. You must be very proud of Antonina. What did you think of her performance? 
I think she did so great, and you know, it was uh, it never it happened like uh, easy. Uh, it every time happened something, and uh, before her fight, for example, it happened. Um, her opponent she couldn't make weight, and she uh, came to the official weight is uh, how many uh, six pounds over the weight what uh, she has to be. So they have uh, different Santanina and Korean opponent, uh, six pounds. And it was so, you know, uh, about the athletic commission. They had to decide to let it fight happen or no. And uh, the, it's the worst feeling when you don't know, will you fight or no? And all the day of, uh, it was the rain, it was on Thursday, all Thursday, we didn't have answer, will she fight or no? And it was like the longest time, time that we could have. But uh, around maybe 11 p.m., uh, uh, organization UFC, they called it to say, okay, the Athletic Commission, they approved the fight, so it's happening. And Antonina was, okay, now it's not time to think anymore, just like put in action everything that I have. So she she obviously had no hesitation to take the fight, even though her opponent was over over six pounds. You every time have hesitation. You every time thinking what is the best uh, best because you know uh, I I can see because um, it wasn't any some kind of trouble from Korean girl. I see it was just a game, just a plan how to gain uh, a little bit more power and more endurance without uh, torturing your body. Right. And this is like, this is the worst part because not every uh, everyone who meets the weight, they are really cannot make the weight. Some of them, they are just playing to receive this advantage in front of your opponent. And this is the worst because they said that uh, she cannot cut anymore. But she was looking so good on weigh-in. Antonina was like very dry. She was looking like she was cutting, really cutting, and she did it. But her opponent, she didn't have like uh, the face of cutting person because I know how it looks like. I know how, how you feel when you are really cannot make the weight. But Korean girl, she was was totally happy and like looking very normal that's why of every time you ha you have this kind of hesitation because you know for the fight day uh antonina would be like how many 130 132 the maximum and uh, their uh the girl her opponent she will be like uh, around 145 something like this right. and uh, but you know the most important that antonina uh, she was preparing so hard, and she know she knew that um, a lot of fans they are supporting her. A lot of friends they are waiting for this fight, and they are like just wanted to see it. And she didn't didn't want to just like say, okay, I will not find fight, and everybody will say, okay, maybe next time. And next time, you you never know when it's happening. Three, four months from here, and she was like, I don't care. I don't care. I will just show everything uh, that I have, and I just do it. And I'm very happy that um, our team, we took this decision, because it was very beautiful and great fight from Antonina. Yeah, of course. Obviously, like you're saying there, that you have to consider whatever kind of tricks your opponent might be playing, but at the same time, this is a big opportunity for her. She really doesn't want to let it pass her by and then get rescheduled and all that stuff. But 
Uh, I know you've trained with her, of course, your whole life, and you've always been great training partners, but how was it for both of you to be in a full training camp together, peaking around the same time? That must have been a real blessing for the both of you. Yes, it was um, It was very good and very, um, very intense for us, this training camp. Uh, but anyway, it's like um, we have... Uh, we have it's more work was difficult work for Pavel, for our coach, because <laughs> he has to think double. Right. We are doing just our work. We just training, doing like exercise and uh, doing whatever he said for us to do. But he is who, who thinking about how he has to have this training and like analyzing both opponents that we will have and showing, uh, like choosing the right tactics for both of us and then speaking with our sparring partners and giving them like advices how they have to work on the training, what techniques they have to do. So it was, I think, more difficult part for Pavel <laughs> than for us. <laughs> Poor Pavel, he had a lot on his plate going into this one <laughs> so <laughs> it's true yeah. so so looking ahead now what's next for you do you see anyone as a as a challenger for the title already or do some things need to shake out at 125 pounds you know i'm ready for anyone and i just don't want to hold the belt for a long time i just want to play it i just want to um uh, put it in the game and let it work. This is wh why I'm here. This is the main reason why, why I wanted to hold it because now I don't have to wait on no one. I don't have to wait when my opponent accepts the fight, will she want or what she's thinking in her head. So this is the, uh, I, for me, it's the most beautiful part that um, I pick in the date, and this is a great feeling. Great like this because I want to be active. I want to fight. Like doesn't matter who, just fight. And this is I will do in 2019. 19, just fight and perform me and as uh, good as best as I can. Now I, I know you stay in shape year round and you love to compete. But that being said, as you just as you mentioned there, you want to be active. How active of a champion do you think you can be realistically? How many times a year do you think you'll be able to defend that title? Um, as much as I can, because it's... Um, I cannot say in advance, because it's... Uh, um, any fight, it's fight, and we don't know how it will end the fight, what injuries, what type of injuries will you have or no. So now I don't have any injury, and I have to rest just a little bit emotionally and just give a little bit rest to my body, and then I'm ready to go to the training again and prepare for the fight. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. As much as I can, this is I know for sure. Okay. Now, now that you're the champion, what would be a dream fight destination for you? If you could choose any place to compete to defend that title, where would it be? Mm, so many places where I want to travel, when I want to compete, I would say for me, like, mm, right now, um, I see, like, Australia, i never been there, so uh, i considering one of the very good places to fight over there in Australia. In Japan, I would like to visit, visit this uh, country. So, so many places where um, it's the best to have it. Uh, so it's difficult to choose, but I would like to fight somewhere where I didn't uh, travel yet. 
Right, somewhere new and exciting, and, and again, I know you love to travel, so it's all about the experience for you. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to that. If the UFC was to call and ask you to save a main event for an upcoming fight card, short notice, now that you're the champion, is that something you would be interested in? Um, everything can happen. If I'm healthy and good form, why not? Right. Everything can happen. Okay. All right, listen, Valentina, you've been more than generous with your time, as always, and I greatly appreciate uh, speaking with you today. Always a pleasure to speak with you. In conclusion, what message would you have out there for all the fans that have supported you along the way to this title, and what can everybody expect from the bullet in 2019? I just want to say thank you very much for every fan that's supporting me, for everyone who loves martial arts, who just following my career, career of my sister. And, um, you know, it's really amazing to feel this energy and love from each one because um, leading up to the fight, it's... Um, Especially for me, I feel all of these like energies, this energy, and it gives me like my motivation, my extra power, and everything. And just, um, I just want to say thank you very much for everyone, for every single person who was cheering for me and uh, was waiting, uh, waiting when I finally will have this belt. So I just want to wish them. Very uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and uh, new 2019 in New Year. I just with much more power will every time in every my fight um, will try to give the same kind of good quality fight and good quality show for all of you. Oh, I have no doubt. Uh, any shout outs or sponsor plugs? The, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, of course, uh, of course, I want to uh, say thank you very much for everyone who's supporting me. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, like a, a lot of person who I want to thank. So, Brown Nose Company, they are supporting me. Not maybe uh, in my martial arts, but in my shooting. It's uh, like um, more, it's very good friends of what we are having. And uh, Girls with Guns Clothing, Lucha Shoes from Houston, Texas, and uh, much more more of them and I want to say uh, thank you to UCPI um, Performance Institute for like being amazing and helping a lot with my um, uh, preparation for the fight uh, like everything that they was doing for me and for my team. Awesome well it sounds to me like uh, you need to get out there and do some shooting soon to celebrate right? Uh, it's no question, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, Valentina, thanks again. I hope we can catch up soon. Have a great holiday. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All the best of luck in 2019, my friend. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you. All right, you have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As I mentioned in the interview, consummate professional, technical master, one of the greatest athletes to watch in this business today, Valentina Shevchenko is likely going to hold that belt for quite some time. 2019 is going to be an interesting year for the Bullet. I'm very much looking forward to it. I hope you guys are as well. That's it for us, though, folks. BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. This has been episode 108. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate all the love and support. We should be back with one more episode before Christmas, possibly two more before the end of the year. We'll see how that goes. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, 
at BJPenRadio, and of course the website at BJPen.com. Set up alerts, get the news as it breaks. Everything you crave from the sport you love of mixed martial arts, BJPen.com, we have got you covered, guys. So on behalf of the whole team, again, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Peace out, everybody.